Welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. Real people, real talk, real magic. Hey everyone, Jasmine here. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about something really important before we get to this week's episode. And just want to make it clear that even though I'm the one that's speaking right now, this is a message from the entire coven. We really want our listeners to know that we stand with the Black Lives Matter movement. We stand with anti-racist movements. Um, we, We stand with anything that makes us a better world for black people, indigenous people, people of color, for the LGBTQ community, um, for anybody that has been marginalized and and oppressed and left behind and not afforded the same privileges as white people um, and straight people, I should also say, and cis people. It was also important for us to say something because um, I see a lot of people not saying anything and that sort of speaks really loud to me. And so I think it was important for us to say something so that people know where we stand. I think it is important. I am looking to see what people are saying because if you're not saying anything, I don't know that I want to support your work anymore, you know? And I'm not saying that it has to be posting 24-7 and talking about it 24-7 because I don't know what you're doing in your real life and that's fine you know it doesn't have to be all about what's on social media but I am looking for at least something that says yeah I actually do stand by all of this stuff and and you know you're not you're not wasting your time or your energy here following somebody that doesn't believe in the value of dismantling systems that don't support every single person on this planet. And obviously this is just words, this is just a message and we have to follow it up and make it make it real with our actions. We want to be better allies. I think we all consider ourselves allies here at the Coven, but we know that that involves taking action. We can't just say that we are allies and then become allies. And this is something that we haven't centered before, and we want you to know that we are going to do better moving forward. The first steps that we've taken have been to spotlight people on our Instagram account. And I know that that's just social media and, you know, it's a small step, but it's the first step that we're taking. We hope that in the future we can have um, interviews with people on our podcast so that we can center voices of um black, indigenous, people of color, anybody from the LGBTQ community. And if you have any suggestions for accounts that you think need to be spotlighted, you know, we really want to especially pay attention to accounts that don't have a lot of followers yet and like need their voices amplified, you know, please get in touch, send us a DM or comment on the post for this podcast episode. And if you think that there's somebody out there that would make a great podcast guest, please let us know. We definitely want to, like, as I said, you know, move towards a place where we can do more interviews next season. So yeah, please reach out. We're, we're happy to take suggestions. We want to have more inclusive conversations as well. Um, we want to just make sure that when the four of us are having conversations, we're watching our language and we are making sure that we are using language that is inclusive. We do not want anybody to feel left out or ignored or not included. That is just not what we're trying to do here. We are trying to build a community and we want everybody in that community. And so, you know, call us out. Please call us out if you notice something that is problematic within our languaging or our topics or um, certain perspectives. You know, it is not on people of color, black people, the LGBTQ community to be calling us out and educating us. We are going to be doing that work as well. You know, we're having conversations, um, you know, I don't know, it's cliche to say behind the scenes, but we really are. We're having conversations with each other every day because we're holding each other accountable and we're continuing to educate each other. You know, we're bringing things that we see from our own lives into our conversation so that we can continue to, like I said, just be better allies. You know, in addition to those conversations we're having with each other, I know that Jesse, Jackanovia, and Elena, they are all having 
conversations with their children. They're all mothers and they are having the the tough conversations with their kids about how their kids can be better um, and just, yeah. And I also want to make a promise that I'm going to learn more about the LGBTQ history and how, you know, black trans women have made it okay for me to be bisexual. Um, Not have made it okay for me to be public about that. Um, that's really important for me to learn about. And I have, um, I should have been learning about it prior to this. Um, and speaking of calling us out, I need to call us out in this moment because the upcoming conversation that we had, I think we could have done better. Um, you know, first of all, we, we did a breathing exercise halfway through. And as I was editing the episode, I thought, you know what? This can't stay. This is insensitive. We are, um, we have seen in the news that the words I can't breathe are being used to bring illumination to the murder of black people and black people's breath is being taken away. And so to have a breathing exercise felt completely insensitive and inappropriate. And I am not telling you this here to get a cookie. I am telling you this because I want to be transparent. I want to say we fucked up and that was a place that we could do better. And that's the kind of thing that I want to really pay attention to moving forward. Also in this conversation, you know, we talk about shadow work and imposter syndrome. And I really think that we could have talked about how right now is a such an important time to be doing this work, to be looking at those uncomfortable parts of who we are, especially the three white women on this podcast, to be looking at these, um, like I said, uncomfortable sides of how we've been complicit, of how we have been uh, complacent, of how we have you know contributed to these systems, and to work through this shit because there is so much work that needs to be done, and we kind of need to get out of our own heads so that we can be helpful, you know? Um, Yes, imposter syndrome is real. Self-doubt is real. Working through the shadow is real. And I think that, you know, this isn't to say that we shouldn't take time to do those things. But I think that right now in this moment, we just need to get over ourselves a little bit and um, move past these fears that we might have to speak out or to uh, stand up. And uh, yeah, just get over ourselves and do it because we can no longer center our feelings. We can no longer prioritize our feelings over the lives of our fellow humans. Um, I know that everything that I've just said is not perfect. I know that it is not comprehensive. Um, but I, I just had to say something and I just needed our listeners to know that that's where we stand. If that's not where you stand, please reach out to us. Let's have a conversation because, um, we need you on board. You know, we need you in this fight. So, Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, we all hope to do better and um, we're making that promise and we tend to make good on that promise. Thanks so much, everyone. Hello out there, lovely listeners, and welcome to the Tarot Coven cast. I'm your host, Jasmine. I'm Jaganovia. And I'm Jesse. And this time on the show, we're talking all about imposter syndrome and shadow work. We're going to discuss how it's affected us personally, how we work through it, and how we can call in tarot and other resources to help us manage. But as always, we've got our opening question to get to. And this time we have another listener question. It was sent to us by Chester's Mom 2 on Instagram. And this question was left a while ago. So thank you so much for your patience. My apologies for the late reply. The question is, how do you remember all of this info? Your knowledge and insight is impressive. Love the podcast. So first of all, thank you. We're so happy that you're enjoying the show. That's amazing. And um, for saying that we're knowledgeable and insightful, thank you again. Um, I suppose the way, like, wow, I, I paired this question with this episode because already when somebody tells me I'm knowledgeable and insightful, I'm like, I don't know though. <laughs> so I guess my answer to this would just kind of be, I, I don't know that I... I have a way that I remember everything specifically. Um, It's just, it comes through practice, I think. You know, when I'm learning about tarot or when I'm learning about astrology or witchy things or any of the sort of stuff that we chat about on the podcast, 
it just sort of gets integrated into my day-to-day life and then becomes a habit and then second nature. But there is some stuff that just doesn't stick and you have to just keep at it, you know? Like I'm always reading, I'm always trying to learn more. And something that I've learned that has been really, really useful is to go back and reread my journals or to reread things that I've written about tarot or astrology and to just say like, oh yeah, like, you know, this is how it was coming up for me then. And then to try to reintegrate that. Um, yeah. So that would be my answer for that. What about you, Jekinovia? Really similar to you, actually. It's, uh, it's all a matter of putting it into practice. Uh, once it becomes a habit, it's just locked in there. And I also find it interesting that a lot of times, even, um, on the podcast, when we're talking about certain subjects, uh, We'll, we'll bring something up and for all of a sudden I'll remember something, you know, that I read five years ago. And so it's, it's like it's locked in there, even though it's maybe not in my conscious mind. So my mm. advice is just read and listen to everything that you can and, and a wide variety of opinions, too. I mean, it doesn't always have to be the same line of thinking. Read really widely and you just find that you become uh, very just well-rounded. Right. Yeah. How about you, Jess? Oh, this question is, again, just like you were saying, Jasmine, thank you for um, suggesting that there's knowledge and insightfulness around. And I do feel that I learn from not only this group, but everyone out that I'm following and discovering. I mean, we have some amazing resources out there through the social and interwebs, whether that's blogs and, of course, books. But for me, I really just try to be in with the cards as often as I can, uh, hear different perspectives, and also just using different decks and dim- different imagery, playing with positions and cards and coming back to spreads. I really try to, you know, you know with me, I kind of sit on these cards for a while and I'll come back because maybe something is brought to mind after, you know, looking at it differently, after feeling differently, maybe after a couple of hours or the next day. Mm-hmm. And I'm somewhat newer to tarot reading, but I think we all, anyone who's either discovered cards or this podcast has probably worked with cards in some way, whether it's been in, you know, past life or just, you know, there's some reason why you're here and that you're working with them. And I think a lot of times if we just sit and listen quietly, a lot of the the messages and the stories and the things that we need to learn are there for us to tap into. And then, you know, hopefully the journey, whether no matter if you're young or older, you just grow and learn over the years and have the experience with you know, reading for others and getting their feedback and experiencing how each card is so different in every position that it ever lands in for every person. You know, there's just no, uh, cons- just it never means one thing. So, and that just is a reminder for anyone who's listening. I just, this topic is so, you know, it creates a lot of nervous energy for me, even as we were preparing, because I often struggle with that idea that I may not be ready. And, you know, I just have to put pause on that, put my logical brain on hold for a moment and go back to something that I really firmly believe about myself and that I believe about every person out there. And it's that you are infinite, eternal, and whole just as you are right now. And the fact that you are striving to become a better person in this incarnation is just proof that you have the guidance there. You have everything you need to tap into and just trust that. And, you know, this is one spin on this topic, but perhaps this is just opens up thoughts for you to journal and discover from others, you know, how they also work through this idea of, of shadow side or, or just lacking confidence and feeling like you're just not ready, but you are. And I know that for us here, we each are just so grateful to um, everyone who's listening and for all the feedback that we get within our own personal projects and readings, but also collectively, um, it's just important to build this community that supports each other and says, you know, you can do it and you, the time is now and there's no future or anything. This is all we have this moment right now. And just to celebrate the fact that the curiosity is there. So enjoy it and have confidence. 
Yeah. Jack and Ovia, you've been reading for a long time. I mean, this is, is this something that you've thought about. Yeah. Um, even to this day, I mean, I've been reading cards for, you know, close to 20 years now. And quite honestly, every time I send out a reading to a client or, you know, log in to record the podcast, I still have that, that tightening in my chest. Like, who, who the hell am I to be talking about this? I have no authority with this. What do I know? So it's... Um, it's definitely still something I'm working through. Yes, I feel you on that, Jekinovia. Um, Jesse, thank you for those words. They were so beautiful and they have really helped to calm me down a little bit right now because, you know, uh, as Jesse sort of mentioned before we started recording, we started having a conversation about how we were all sort of feeling some kind of way about having this conversation. And I have to be honest, I get butterflies before nearly every podcast, particularly, I mean, some some of you listeners might know I also have a podcast about TV, and I have only recently begun to feel very comfortable in that space, and yet I've been talking about television and writing television criticism for the better part of six years now, and I'm just starting to feel comfortable. Um, but as far as this podcast goes, all the time I am saying to myself, who am I to talk about tarot? Who am I to talk about astrology? What right do I have? Who wants to hear my opinion? Um, These are feelings that always come up. So when we decided to talk about imposter syndrome, it comes from a place of, of us dealing with this too. You know, I'm about to go over a few definitions of what imposter syndrome is, which yes, are pulled from resources, but this is something that is very very personal and very real to us as well. So we're not just, you know, trying to regurgitate some information and have a conversation about it. But that said, let me regurgitate a little bit of information and then we'll bring it back to a more personal space as well. (laughs) Um, And, and, you know, I actually, I want to give the definitions in part because when I was first learning about this, it's something that really just helped me to redefine things that I was going through and and look at certain struggles through a different lens. But I had to put language around those feelings first in order to understand it. So hopefully, you know, for those of you who don't know what this is or who maybe have heard of it but don't have the right wording for it or whatever, maybe this will help. Um, But essentially, imposter syndrome is just this kind of persistent fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence that you are very much not a fraud. You are just constantly doubting your accomplishments or never believing that you're good enough. You know, you might feel like you've tricked people into thinking that you know something or that you're worthy of some sort of accolade or something like that. And um, there are three sort of main types of imposter syndrome. And the first is called the perfectionist slash superhuman, where success is never good enough because it always could have been better. Um, You're constantly striving to do more, to be better, to show more results, which, you know, can be good, but this can also lead to burnout and a lot of mental health stressors. And uh, then there's what's called the soloist, where you feel that you have to do it all on your own, because if you don't, people will think you're a phony. So you avoid asking for help. You avoid being in community. Maybe this is one that I have dealt with for a long time where I felt I had to constantly just do things by myself on my own to prove something. And then there's what's known as the expert, which is you got to know everything. You got to get more training. You'll never have enough knowledge. And again, it's always good to be learning, right? But I mean, you could be an expert on something, like a legitimate expert on something, and yet you still feel like you don't know enough. So those are sort of just the three main types. I think those can, you know, break down into so many more different things. Um, and, and this just this doesn't just happen in a career setting. You know, this happens in social interactions, relationships. It can happen in school. I think for me, it's a lot about social interactions and especially new environments. Like when I am meeting new people, I feel like I have to prove myself in a way or I, you know, I feel like because they don't know my history, like I'm never going to be able to, I don't know, prove that I am a certain thing, if that makes sense. Um, Jesse, I'd love to hear how this comes up for you personally, or if you have any other sort of more uh, basic definitions to add, I would love to hear that too. 
those definitions were so great. And as you were going through them, I, you know, I think at one time or another, I've represented all of them. So, you know, it doesn't mean that you're just one type. Sure. <laughs> you may yeah. flow through different stages of this and, you know, maybe kind of they come up at different times in your life. And yeah, I, I have really had to remind myself many times that, you know, this is really about sharing something. So when I'm either reading for someone or even reading for myself, it's, it's a gift and it's a, it's an act of communication. It's an, a love interchange. It's something that we're sharing together on this human uh, wavelength and it can be so intimate and just, you know, energetic, like an energetic connection. And that's a special thing. And so a lot of times we take programming from whatever we've been told or what's come along through society or, you know, the way we've been raised or family or our own insecurities throughout life. And we kind of color it with, um, you know, it kind of mixes in and can dilute what's so pure or meant to be so pure. And so for me, it's just a constant reminder of, you know, there's a reason why I love this so much. There's a reason why I feel this love for this other person. I want to help them with insight or gain some understanding or at least find something within themselves, an encouragement or help them to work through something that they just can't see. Like that's how we are helping each other along and we we grow in that way. And, and that at the end of the day is such a beautiful thing. And so you know, for me to not go there because I want to sit in this place of my own insecurities or rationalization or I'm not good enough. It's just, it's just, you miss out on the beauty of it. And I just can't allow that. And so it's a reminder that there's no place for that way of thinking. And it's okay to like for a moment recognize that it's there. But as soon as those thoughts creep in, I, I mean, I have certain things that I'll tell myself. I'll be like, hmm, that's an interesting thought. And I'll be like, there's no truth to that. Like, there is no truth in that. And I kind of put it aside. And it's this constant rechange of the way we're thinking. It's, very, again, going back to building those new neural pathways within our brain and putting that logical brain aside and saying, you know what? Um, that's not the true story here. Yeah, and you're reminding me a lot of what um, Lindsay Mack says or or talks about on her podcast, you know, this idea that the brain can invite us into these patterns and these thoughts and we can just, like you were saying, oh, that's an interesting thought and we can acknowledge that it's there and we can say, but no thank you, right? And then try and help ourselves move past that. Jacanovia, what about you? I mean, you mentioned that it still comes up for you around tarot readings, despite the fact that you've been reading for so long. But I mean, do you experience this in other areas of life? Or did you want to talk more about how it comes up through tarot readings? Sure. I mean, it does come up in multiple areas. Um, I also help with website creation and content and research, photography, like those kinds of really creative fun things and it inspires me and I have so much fun with it, but I find myself still because I didn't go to school for it. I'm self-taught, mm. um, which is the same with tarot. I was never taught by anyone. I had no mentors because nobody in my circle, I, I was the first one in my right. area really that even had an interest. Um, so I think for me personally, what I do is I seek outside validation that yes, I am worthy. Yes, I do bring value. And because um, as I was learning and as I was figuring this all out in, you know, career, personal life and tarot and things like that, I didn't have that validation. Like, yes, you got an A plus on this test. So, Hmm. you know, here's proof that you're worth it. So it's um, for me, that's one of my big struggles is I always I, I always I have that little voice in my head going, yeah, you're okay, but somebody else is probably way better and way more worth the money and way more worth the time. So I've really been working hard these last few years to reprogram that. Um, you you guys have actually really helped me with that. Uh, I've done a few creative things to help out with the podcast, uh, infographics and things, and your feedback um, was great and supportive and amazing. And my initial response was, 
yeah, but it's not that great. And of course, I have that little voice that says they're they're just saying that they're just being nice. So what I've had to do is go, you know what? No, they wouldn't do that to me. And so my response has been, thank you. And that's right. it. That's all I'm allowed to say. I'm not allowed to degrade myself. I'm not allowed to explain the ways I think it was bad or terrible. I just have to say thank you. And that's really, really been helpful. Yeah, just to even just shift that response and take it in to receive it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so I feel the same because for so long I was podcasting by myself. So on this other podcast that I have for television, it was just me just hosting a show and I would have guests on and stuff, but I rarely ever got feedback, which, you know, I wasn't doing it for the feedback. I'm still not doing it for the feedback. I do it because I really enjoy podcasting. But all of a sudden when I started, when I got a co-host on that show and then when the, the four of us started this show, I started getting feedback from all of you and it's always been such lovely feedback and it's always been just so, I don't know, uplifting. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like maybe I am good at it. I don't know. Like, have I tricked them? What are they, why are they saying this? But it's been such a interesting experience to figure out how to just receive it and just say like, thank you. I am. Yeah, it's, it's fun and I'm enjoying it. And, and wow, it's really nice to be witnessed in that way. And I wonder if that's part of it too, is that, you know, it's this imposter syndrome stuff, but it's also maybe hard for people to just be seen in these ways. Yeah, I think you'd nailed it. And and also just, we're not meant to work creatively or share gifts in a vacuum, right? So when we can find people to help just who love us and are, it's a safe space for us to, you know, succeed and fail and, you know, trust each other and love each other enough to, you know, offer support in all of, all of the things. I, I think it's just proof that we as humans need that community in that way. So I loved hearing you say that. And it, it has been a, a really wonderful thing to witness because I've not been part of a podcast, but it's like, wow, the creative collaboration is so great. And within tarot reading, anytime we're feeling less than, I mean, you know, and I know that there's people available to just, can I get some feedback on this? I'm not quite sure what to say with this spread, you know, and work through those things with tarot community. And hopefully we call up someone we can at least try to reach out to and and see if they're willing to, to come alongside us in that way. Yes. And I think that that in particular, having the community and having somebody that you can reach out to, whether it's about tarot or something else that you're working through, but I'm specifically thinking about tarot for for myself in this situation, but that has helped me to work through that more um, soloist type imposter syndrome where I used to be reluctant to ask other people, oh, well, what do you think about this card in this position? Because asking was me admitting that I didn't know or me admitting that I didn't know all the answers, which felt like, oh gosh, then they're going to think I, I don't know anything at all about tarot. Like I've just been lying this whole time. But, you know, you find those people and then you ask and they give you such a great response. And not only that, but they go, oh, from what you like, you know, let's say I ask, oh, I got the page of cups in this position. Here's what it sort of brought up for me. What do you think? And they go, yeah, I see that too. But what about this as well? So it's kind of that like nice reinforcement in a way, but then you kind of forget, you kind of get over yourself a little bit because you're just working and collaborating and it's bringing you joy in other ways, if that makes sense. So I also have found, um, I've realized this recently, um, we have in our little group have had this discussion before early on about, um, maybe we weren't discussing imposter syndrome per se, but we did, um, we were very vulnerable with each other. We showed that vulnerability and I think that empowered each other so that we could all feel vulnerable and all know how to help and support each other in the way that we needed it, which Again, just goes back to that community. So just being open and honest with the people that, you know, you feel safe with is so helpful. Oh, 100%. And, you know, I sort of mentioned before that I really only learned about this stuff 
maybe about a year ago. And I started putting that languaging around what I was dealing with. And then I learned about it. And for a long time, I didn't say anything to my fiance, Tyler. One day it just kind of came up out of the blue. And he said, wow, I had no idea that you were feeling this way. Thank you for telling me because now I know how to approach this kind of thing. And now I can see it from your point of view. So even just telling, you know, the closest person to you or the person you spend the most time with or whatever it is, but to have them there as your support as well, right? And so that they can start to see it from your lens, I think is really important. Well, so if you guys want to move on to talking more about shadow work, I'm I'm ready to go there if you are. Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Okay, well, I I wanted to talk about these two things in the same episode because I think that maybe part of doing shadow work is dealing with things like imposter syndrome. Now, I was saying to both Jesse and Jackanobia before we started recording that I might need them to kind of come in and fill in some gaps for me on this because I've really only started doing research on what shadow work is and what even the shadow is. So I really don't have all the answers at this point. I just have, you know, what what I'm feeling about it. Um, But it does seem like where imposter syndrome comes up, it does have to do with this part of your, this side of yourself, I guess, like this side of yourself that you don't really want to look at. Um, the, the, the sides of you that are like harder to love, maybe, I don't know. Do you guys want to help me sort of round out? What is, what is the shadow? Let's start there, Jesse or Jackanovia, whoever wants to jump in. I always think of shadow as yes, being those, uh, parts of yourself that you do kind of push down or either avoid or it's something that's uncomfortable. And I think uh, I'm a big fan of the Enneagram, which are nine personality types. And it actually types to more of your uh, shadow qualities or kind of the uh, parts of your personality self that are less than, you know, awesome. Whereas most personality tests are like, you're so great at this and this Mm. and this, but this is really uh, kind of the work. And for me, I, I'm actually an Enneagram seven and the, the shadow side of that is that I really do not like to get into the deep emotional things. Um, for me, I'm not a conflict person at all. I don't, you know, I really try to keep things positive and light and it's like, nope, 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 not going to go there, not going to go into the deep, the deep feelings. And so it's something that I have to really work on. And, you know, for each of us, that comes up in different ways. You know, some people really love to get into the emotional side, but maybe the shadow work is that they're not willing to open up to others or, or be true or, um, vulnerable in front of people. Or, you know, it's like this stuff from my past. Um, I'm, you know, do you, uh, take, uh, take it in and kind of bring it to the forefront and deal with it? Uh, or is it something that's kind of over, uh, laying over like a a film over your life and Mm. keeping you from blossoming or moving forward or in growth? whatever that is. And so, yeah, I really feel like it's the things that um, trigger us or that we just are not comfortable with that we tend to push back behind. Um, And if we don't deal with those things, then we really can't move forward in who we're meant to be. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Jesse just said. Um, The shadow for me, it's just that subconscious part of your mind that's holding on to, say, experiences, uh, past pain, hurt, things that made you really feel uncomfortable. And you kind of buried them down, just like Jess said. And it's, it's almost like your ego is, is your defense mechanism so that those things don't come back up. But then they fester and they fester and they manifest as blockages. They manifest as self-sabotage. They manifest as, you know, angry outbursts. But sometimes you don't know where they came from. And it's almost like we get triggered and it's up to us to do that shadow work is to, to go back and figure out, okay, why am I feeling this way? When was the first time I felt this way? What happened? How did I feel? How can I get over it? So it's, it's almost like you have to go back in time in your mind sometimes to, to really see this. Uh, I mentioned before about how I, I always have that fear of someone just saying nice things to my face and then thinking and speaking ill behind my back, of course, right? And I had to do a lot of work around this. And I traced it back to even from early childhood, there's people that surrounded me who betrayed my trust. You know, I know they love me and I know I love them, but there was a lot of gossip and there was a lot of back talk and, and you know, that, that 
backstabbing kind of energy. And I've experienced that, experienced that since childhood. And uh, so that, of course, manifests and is why I get triggered a lot of times when somebody gives me a compliment. Right. Believe it or not, that's what triggers that shadow work. So it yeah. can be really unexpected. Hmm. And we need to give ourselves grace because, I mean, not only, I believe, is it the experiences that we have, you know, from childhood to now in this lifetime, but I I personally believe in some karmic programming and things that we just come along with in our genetic DNA that ancestrally, you know, even as a collective, we get, um, we put that on. And so it's working through that as well. And so give yourself the grace that... There's a lot of stuff that we're working through every day, every moment, and some of it is just not even <laughs> your fault, right? It's just part of, of who you are, but just always saying this is pushing you to being that enlightened and higher self, pushing you towards acknowledging um, something better and you know, working to be a better person. So to me, what's coming up as you are speaking, and thank you so much because I understand these concepts a lot better, uh, but I'm picturing really the nine of swords and uh, taking the hands down from the face and looking at this directly, facing, you know, whether or not it's a fear or just a, an uncomfortable feeling, but, but taking those hands away from your eyes and actually looking at it. Like, am I on the right track with thinking that is a part of shadow work? Oh, I just got chills when you said that, like that visual was just so spot on. And I mean, we have all been there or we are all there, you know, at Mm -hmm. different moments, but no, that's a wonderful way to say it. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it's like, Yeah, embracing the tougher stuff, the sides of you that might be harder to love. Um, I don't know. It's interesting that you talk about not wanting to go to those, you know, more deeper places, the the emotionally, those emotional depths, because I, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm okay going there, but maybe I get stuck there too often. Maybe that's part of what my thing is, you know, maybe I need to take a look at why I allow myself to sit there and not move through. Not that I need to move through it quicker, but (laughs) maybe there is a different rate at which I could be doing things or it's not coming out the right way, but I don't know, maybe I go there too often. Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. We're all different. We have these different uh, ways that we work within the shadow. Like the shadow doesn't always look as dark you know, in some perspective, think about even just shadows in the literal sense where sometimes a shadow is a soft light, you know, Mm. gray behind something. And sometimes it's darker depending on the light in front of it or the light surrounding it. And, you know, you being okay with sitting or dwelling in that, that makes perfect sense. I have people in my life who they, just because of their, you know, the way that they are, my husband, hashtag my husband, he loves to stay <laughs> in those places and he's much more comfortable there, which I admire because I'm like, oh, if I only did that, maybe I'd get through this faster, truly, because I'm not just avoiding it. I'm, I I can, you know, if I were able to sit here and work through this, whether it's a personal thing or my interaction with someone, you know, that's, you know, acknowledging it, the fact that you can say, yes, this is here. I'm going to sit with this for a while and be okay with it is actually a really mature and um, <laughs> a healthy way to to look at it. And yeah, shadow can be all different uh, depending on where we're at and how we're feeling and the time of day and where we're at in our life. And, you know, it's it's just acknowledging that it's there. And as much as I love to be the sun all the time, the sun does create a lot of shadow. Oh, <laughs> and something in between it. Yes. And so, you know, what does that look like? And um, what things are being put between this the sun and, you know, myself? You know, what is that creating behind me? And so always being aware right. and looking around. Yeah, and which I think just illustrates the point that it's just an ongoing process, right? Not only is it different for different people at different times, but it's something that, you know, maybe it, maybe it shifts and changes as you grow. And so it's just something that we, I think, have to keep looking at and keep working through. 
But yeah, so maybe we should shift into talking about how we can use tarot and other resources to kind of help us move through this. I mean, really quickly, something I wanted to say is that around the same time that I started learning what this was, specifically imposter syndrome, I should say, uh, is it was a little bit after I started getting really into astrology. Like I've always had kind of a a base love for astrology, but this is when I really started diving in and learning about different parts of my chart has really helped me to be like, okay, so this is maybe why I'm like this and not to be complacent and just be like, oh, it is what it is, but to say, okay, so because I have this particular placement or planet here or whatever it might be, what does that tell me about how I can work within who I am and sort of use that as a jumping off point to evolve or grow or look at it in a different light. So what about you, Jekinovia? I mean, how do you use tarot to help you through this kind of stuff or what other resources do you use to help yourself with this? Uh, absolutely. Tarot is obviously my number one tool. Um, what I generally do is when something's triggered, something in, you know, in my shadow is I'll draw a single card and I'll say, okay, like, what what happened in the past that created this shadow or uh, it could be um, what do I need to know right now as I work through the shadow? Because this healing, the shadow work healing, I mean, it, it's ongoing. It, it doesn't end and it's not linear. And I think that's something right. that's really confusing for a lot of people because everybody moves in a straight line. But when it comes to healing, it's actually cycles. You're going to come back to the same issues over and over and over again, just at different level levels. So yes. once you overcome it the first time, when you come back around to it, you're going to overcome it in a different way. You're going to go a little deeper with it and go, okay, so, you know, last time I got through A, B, and C. Now it's time to figure out where exactly is this coming from and why does this person make me feel a certain way or this situation make me feel this way. So there's, you're always going to have to come back to it. And I think it's important that when you're doing shadow work, is you're aware of that, is that it's not a, a fix it once and it's gone forever. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, why I love tarot, because now every time I come around to the same issues, I can pull a card and go, okay, what do we need to know this time? Like, what what's different this time? And I think just playing on that, Jekinovia, is the fact that tarot taps into that more intuitive side, right? So we're putting that logical brain to the side mm, while yeah. we interact with something intuitively or emotionally, like how are we feeling? And I just, in the shadow work, it's so important for us to feel into it and work with the shadow in the intuitive space as opposed to the rational thinking. And tarot is a wonderful tool to be able to do that. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like move over brain and welcome in emotion, right? Yeah, it's a great way to tap into that subconscious. And that's where it's all hiding. So it, it's a great tool for your intuition. Yeah, and even like you're talking about, just pulling that one card and then just journaling about it. Like, what is everything that it's bringing up? How does it play into what you're feeling? I mean, I guess that's what we're doing with tarot all the time, but specifically to help you work through those moments, I think even, yeah, there's so much that you can get from just one card. And I I love what you were saying about it all being a cycle because I've really been trying to shift into looking at life in that way. I mean, even just, even though we work on a more, let's say linear system, you know, we've got Monday to Friday, we've got January to December, so on and so forth, but just trying to look at everything that we do in more of a spiral or a cycle or, you know, not expecting that just because I was at one yesterday that I'll be at two today and three tomorrow, like who knows, right? Um, and I love that. I think, I think tarot does that too. You know, like some days you're at the ace of cups, but then the next day you could be at the king. Not that there's even really a structure there, but it's just the, the differences in energy that you can always be feeling when you're pulling a card. It's so true. And I think another reason I really like to view it in, in cycles is that it keeps, it reminds me that there's always only forward movement. You can't go back in time. You can't go backwards. You, you just have to move forward from something, which for me, it helps me to not dwell. Mm. So it, even though I'm going to revisit it, I'm going to revisit it in a different state of mind with different experience, with different understanding. So it's always forward movement, no matter how tiny those steps are. 
Yes, that's sort of pinpointing. It's funny that I should say, I'm trying to figure out how to live more like this, and then you should pinpoint the exact thing that I was trying to get at before when saying, oh, I'm really good about sitting in my emotions, but I'm really sort of, I'm not great at getting myself out of it. And I think it is because I cling to the thing of like, well, what could I have done differently? And, you know, how could I have, you know... Just, yeah, thinking about the past and dwelling in it instead of just being like, all right, I screwed up. Guess what? I can get better, but I got to get out of this first. So I find, too, sometimes when I'm stuck on a specific, you know, experience from the past, for instance, if I can't get over it, I'm going, I I think to myself, okay, so what happened before that? What Mm. caused that situation? So sometimes it's just a matter of your attention won't move because you haven't gone back far enough. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you're sort of reminding me of, um, this is coming out of nowhere a little bit, but I've been working on remembering my dreams more, and there's this theory that uh, if you can just start writing it down, one sort of word that you're writing may trigger a whole other flood of memories to come and sort of be pulled down from that, and then as you write about that, another word could just sort of pull down even more, and you can go further and further back in your dreams. So maybe there's something you can do in waking life in the same way, whether it's like pulling a card and seeing what that's bringing up for you, just start journaling about it, maybe it'll help you move further into the past about what, you know, an initial trigger was or something. I love that you said that. And I'm also paying a lot more attention to my dreams. And I think that's just a very safe space for us to say, yes, like what is our higher self, our, you know, our beyond just our more of our energetic self trying to tell us and dream space is a very safe place for that. And so, yes, trying to be more aware and consciously remembering those dreams. What a great, I'm going to, I'm going to pull in that little tool into the journaling with the the single word because sometimes it is so hard to remember. But yeah, for myself, I've been trying to pay more attention. Nice. Well, I'm glad I brought that up then. It just sort of, it really just sort of flew into my brain out of left field a bit there. But so I don't know. I had a couple of quick thoughts about how we can be using tarot. But the first thing I wrote down was I feel like before we go to do maybe like a bigger spread or something, we could maybe do some grounding practices because going through this work is obviously going to bring up a lot of shit for you, right? So grounding yourself and really just getting into that physical present here and now I think would be really important. And couple of quick other things, I thought maybe if you weren't really sure where to start, you could take out some of the sticky cards. And if you don't know what I mean by sticky cards, you can head a few episodes back. We have a a whole episode about what sticky cards are. But you could pull out your sticky cards from the deck and maybe just journal about them, see why they sort of trigger things for you, and maybe that will open up um, some avenues for you to start doing this work. And um, looking up specific spreads that deal with shadow work or that deal with imposter syndrome. I'm, I know that there's a ton out there. I just did a quick Google search and I found a whole bunch. So, uh, Or maybe go back and listen to our episode about creating your own spreads. And this might be a great place to start for that. Jerkinovia, is there any other way that you use tarot to work through this kind of stuff? Or any specific cards that you wanted to talk about that might help? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, another thing I sometimes will do is if I'm, if I'm really struggling, I'll light some candles on my altar space. I'll set it up nice, peaceful music in the background and I'll pick out just some of the cards that feel sticky at that time. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's not always the same cards. I find usually the devil, the tower cards like that. Like, so, cause it's usually when I'm feeling ungrounded, I'm feeling shaken. I'm feeling like something's not right. Yeah. Uh, So those cards, and I'll just meditate with them. Uh, like for instance, with the devil card, if, if you look at the imagery in the, the Smith Waite deck, there's there's two people that are basically chained to the devil. So to me, that represents limiting thoughts, that represents bad habits or maybe uh, thought patterns that aren't serving. And if you, if you really look at the picture, those people can actually release themselves at any time. They just, they're not looking at the chains. They're not looking at what's holding them back. Mm-hmm. So in my meditation, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll force myself to look at that chain and follow it back to where it began, like where it's attached. And then I just take it off link by link. Ooh. So it's just really powerful meditation that I kind of made up myself, but uh, it's, it's really helpful for me. Yeah. It sounds like a great visualization. 
Um, and Jesse, I know you like you've got some great notes here about you know working through this, and I would love for you to to sound off about them. I was inspired uh, during the episode of the reading. We each talked about how we prepare to you know select cards, kind of our. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I was inspired by just your pre-work that you do. And one of the things that you said was that you just acknowledge that you will not, um, it's a safe space, that you trust your higher self, that there's no room for doubt in that reading. Yeah. And I was inspired by that and really felt the need to almost create a ritual around a safe circle, a space that would include words like that. So I wrote a an opening to a reading and created just kind of what that looked like for me. And I'm happy to put that out there for our listeners if they wanted to use it as a starting point. But really just taking that space to say, you know, I'm, I'm drawing a protective circle of the purest light and love around myself. And then acknowledging that there is no room for any doubt that we're open to the messages that I'm not going to let my judgment bias or limiting belief, you know, have any place within the messages that are to come. And it's really just a reminder to myself that what's coming through is meant to come through. If I'm there listening of pure heart and you know, have really come there open to the message that I will get from it what I need. And, you know, while I mentioned before, sometimes I sit with the cards a little bit and they, they shift in what, what they mean. So I'm not saying that it can't come through differently later, but it's really just trusting yourself and right at the front, just saying, no, I'm, I am looking at this as truth. You know, I can take this in. This is the message that I'm here to receive. And so it's just a good practice to start off your reading just saying, I trust myself. I love myself. This is the message that I meant to hear. Or if you're reading for someone else, that you are trusting yourself to deliver a message and that they may be open. And this is where it is also might, if you have a reading that you're doing with someone and it's more of a conversational, you know, keep the dialogue open. If it happens to be just an online reading that you're you know, not really interacting with that person and sending it off, just trust that whatever the download is, whatever that's coming through, that's real. Trust yeah. yourself, you know, and, and just go forward with that and always expect that there will be feedback. Um, and even if it's feedback, that's like, I don't really get it or what you're saying, you know, then they can sit with that and figure out what that means for them. If they've come to you and asked, like if you're giving advice without having someone ask you for the advice, then maybe, you know, yeah. check that first. But yeah. I truly believe that if we're the reader is of pure mind and heart and love and unbiased and, you know, I have been in where I've been reading for someone and I know their situation and cards have come up and in my mind, I'm like, oh, I think, oh, I think this is what it is. But I have to check myself because it may not exactly be that. For example, um, someone I was reading for, they were in a very disruptive relationship. They had a question about that relationship. The cards kind of showed that there was, I mean, it was literally like lovers. Um, I can't remember the middle card. And then the last card was the Hierophant. And I was taking it more... <laughs> I didn't want them to be together because I'm like, this is disruptive for you. But they're like, isn't the Hierophant like marriage? And I was like, it can be. But, you know, let's look at the other cards that we've drawn before. And it's more about like, how can we, you know, get to a place of of looking at what your needs are without expectations of, of what, you know, where this relationship should go next step. And so, yeah, it's about just putting the biases aside really trying to trust that the message is pure. All right. So then also with tarot, I feel like if we can even practice with some simple spreads, um, using questions that unlock more of that awareness uh, and to help through some of the unknowns. So um, one of the ones that came to mind was three cards. So simple spreads. 
first card, what will help you? Second card, what will hinder you? And third card, what is your unrealized potential? That third card, that is a beautiful tool to unlock some of that shadow work that maybe you're not letting yourself see or deal with the unrealized potential there. Or um, another example of a three card spread situationally would be like, what can I change? Card two, what can I not change? And card three, what may I not be aware of? So again, using the wording to help unlock more of that that shadowy side of something I'm not aware of, something that might be outside of maybe um, what we want or what we think is best for ourselves. And really, truly looking at the card that comes up in all of the ways um, that it could mean that. Now let's go back to the imposter syndrome on that, checking on different descriptions or people's interpretations of the card. I always say to take a look at the card and try to journal or work through what it means to you in that moment. But if you need to use a resource or you want to look at other things, there's nothing wrong with that either. But I would always go back to how does it feel? Like what feels right um, for yourself Take that thought. That's what that message is for you. Yeah. Sorry, we're. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just agreeing. <laughs> oh no! And I was done. And I was going to open it up. Whether it's Jacknovia or Jasmine, just you know, uh, wording like how we come through with spreads or or asking the questions. You know, that can really help. I think unlock some of the shadowy sides. Thoughts to that. Yeah, but I also, there was a couple of things that you said that really, um, I just wrote down a couple of things here that it really pinged for me. You know, you're talking about when you're doing a reading and if you are just, if you open yourself up and you just say what's coming through, even if it's not resonating for that other person, um, and even if you are quote unquote wrong, like it's okay, right? Because maybe there was something that, you know, maybe it was like you were saying, Jesse, that you needed to sort of check yourself and be like, okay, that's what it might be for me, but what is it for this person? But you will learn through those situations too. It can be uncomfortable to be wrong about things, but, and not even maybe wrong in this situation, but to be seeing it from a particular perspective and then having that person, having that dialogue say, well, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's resonating, but just being open to that too. And the idea that, well, maybe I can learn through this different perspective. Right. Um, and then when you talked about, you know, uh, consulting the book, maybe on a particular card, um, if you, if you think, um, sorry, if a card comes up for you, you get a certain feeling, you get a certain idea, you get a certain message, and then you read the book and it's different. That's okay. Like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that comparison. I feel like oftentimes, or that came up a lot for me in the beginning of my journey where like, I would feel a certain thing. I would read a completely different thing. And then that would make me feel less about the thing that came to me through intuition. So just taking it in as an extra perspective, but not feeling that need to compare or think that your idea is any less for any reason. Yeah, I don't know. Jekinova, did you want to speak more to the wording of stuff in spreads or if you had anything to touch on about what I just said or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the wording is really important. And I'm pretty sure we've touched on this a few times already is to not ask yes or no questions. Um, because then that just, you're almost giving yourself an easy way out. You really want to go with something that needs a complete sentence to answer so that you can explore that. Even if it's for yourself, uh, in, in your journaling, or even just, you know, in your own mind, mulling it over, you want to make sure that it's not, oh, yes, that's how I feel. You want right. it to be, why do I feel like this? And then you, you have no choice but to trace it back. Um, so again, it's, it's all that courage to just follow that shadow and face it head on. Like you were saying, you can pull your hands down in that nine of swords card and, and really look at it. So that it's definitely the wording is so important, but on the other hand, I think it's a really good idea to remind people that they don't need to stress out about it. As long as, as long as it's coming from the heart and it's not a yes or no, then it's, it's right. That's the right question. Yeah. Your cat is giving me so much joy right now with all these meows. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no, don't, don't. 
Jesse, I apologize actually because I feel like you had asked us such a, an insightful question, but I couldn't help but bring up the things that had really pinged off for me as you were talking. So I'm sorry if we totally derailed that. Was there something that we didn't hit on that you want to go back to? Oh, no. I It was great conversation. Absolutely. And I guess I just want to make sure that people within this imposter syndrome or shadow work just recognize that it is present for everyone. And if yeah. someone says that they don't feel that ever, then stop following them because that is <laughs> a lie. I really yeah. feel like it's just life and it's so good when we feel those things it means that we're growing it's we're taking things that are uncomfortable and you know shedding that and what's also important too is beyond just the act of cards and i will say the more you can sit and take time with it the better right it's not about just flipping out cards and you know if you're like not feeling something's like well they're not telling me what i need to know today well well mm-hmm. well you know take the time to just you know, sit with it and respect the act of, of the reading itself. But it's important that we take care of ourselves. And I made a note here because I did want to just discuss that our own self-care, whatever that looks like. So for some, they're really about eating, you know, wholesome, nutritious foods or getting enough enough sleep or, you know, moderation for the excessive things in life. But also just, you know, keeping things, you know, what lights you up? Is it being alone and reading? Is it your cat? Is it being in the garden? I think the more that we can all be out in nature, it doesn't mean you have to be someone who, you know, goes out into uh, the mountains for a week. Um, This is just about going out onto a patch of grass and sitting or standing barefoot, right? We never have, it's like some of us are more, are barefoot more often than others, Jekinovia, lucky. (laughs) Um, But so many of us, human collective, we walk around in our shoes on concrete, uh, usually with headphones on, and we do not take time to breathe and get sun and sit on grass and put our feet on the earth And that alone, even if it's five to 10 minutes a day, which seems crazy, hopefully it's more, but just connect with our earth and sit with that. That will help alleviate because even bigger than the card reading, it helps connect you to the bigger source, which is love, right? And that is self-love when you give yourself time to connect in nature and to breathe and to just sit with yourself and be in your body. Um, feeding that the subtle body is the energetic part um, that we can't see, but it certainly is something we feel. Once we can be more connected and aligned in that way, we connect to the physical body, which then, you know, it's how we're feeling. And the more that we can make that mind, body, spirit connection, the doubts fall off the lies that we tell ourselves fall away because we know that's not truth. And so that will help with any of the imposter syndrome that you're feeling, that I'm feeling. I'll use I statements. It helps with any of the shadow work that's coming up that I can recognize that is, you know, part of my journey. But we have to be aware of ourselves and what our needs are, self-care and self-love exercises. I hope everyone can just jot down a few things that they can do this week and bringing more into their awareness. We have to guard our energy, you know, in all things. And that will only help us um, interact with the shadow side. To me, what came up is just that idea of just getting out of your own head and, you know, seeing else what, seeing what else is out there, you know, because maybe... I don't know. Yeah. Just keeps coming back to me, getting out of your own head. Stop seeing it from just in that space. But yeah, definitely confronting the uncomfortable and, you know, doing it because it is what helps us grow. So it's important. Any other final thoughts? 
Actually, yeah, I just wanted to point out um, tarot is a powerful tool. There's so many really powerful, powerful tools, but never underestimate the importance of seeking out professional mental health if you need it. Absolutely. Um, I find with tarot, it can trigger some things. So, you know, brace yourself because everybody, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say everybody has something that they've found traumatic and that has affected them and there's no shame in reaching out for help and maybe I'll provide I have a bunch of links actually for free mental health services for Canada the US the UK and Australia so maybe if it's all right Jazz I'll share those and so we can put them in the show notes of course but there's absolutely no shame and I I find sometimes in the spiritual community um, people it's not so much bypass but they overlook it because they think that they need to go within and sometimes it's okay to go without because mm. sometimes mm-hmm. you just need you need that guide you need that you need to hold a hand yeah we can't possibly have all the answers or all the care for ourselves right exactly exactly yeah great point i'm really really glad that you brought that up let's definitely include those links i think that's super helpful you know that kind of goes full circle back to that whole idea of being the soloist and thinking that you have to do it all on your own and not reaching out for help and how detrimental that can be and you know just because you need help with whatever it is doesn't mean that you're not worthy or good enough or that you don't have a voice that needs to be heard. So, Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of courage because yes. you know, you're, you're courageous enough to reach out and be vulnerable. So, you know, don't, don't be afraid. Yeah, and the sooner you can make those changes, whether it's getting the help that you need or just stopping that trying to be aware of the negative thoughts and reshifting those to something else. Um, It's just the sooner you can get better. And that's the thing. We're all working towards becoming the best versions of ourselves. And everyone has a purpose here. I mean, everyone. And just to know that it has meaning and the fact that you're even willing to look within yourself, like, why am I feeling this way? That says just, I think it speaks very loudly. Yeah. And, you know, the more help that you get for yourself too, I mean, we can always be, we have to fill our cup and then we can help fill others cups and Mm -hmm. get back to that community. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us on this episode. Shall we just say that you can find where to follow us on social media in the show notes? And thank you for listening. And we'll be back soon with another episode. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye now. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tarot Coven Cast. Stay tuned for our next episode all about symbols in the tarot. And until then, everyone, keep making magic. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, that's okay.